It's like living with a six-year-old. I still go on play dates. I just call them play dates so I can go out with Eric and Paul and Adam. You sound like his mom. You like sports too. You guys would be such good friends. I'll do all the technical aspects. Adam will be the face. Paul will be the muscle. And then Eric will be oh, the sales guy. We're screwed from the muscle. <laughs> Paul will be muscle and the troubadour. I handed a jar to my son to open the other day, so we're in bad shape. <laughs> Welcome to the Forefathers Podcast. I'm Fife. And I'm Paul. And this is a podcast where we talk about faith, fatherhood, friendship, and forbidden words, as in forbidden the words politics, money, and religion. So the topic for tonight, what we wanted to talk a little bit about was, um, you know, this idea that I remembered growing up, uh, people saying that you know um the three topics you can't talk about are politics money and religion and you know you should all you shouldn't talk about that talk about the weather talk about food or what have you but really stay away from those topics and i'm as i'm kind of realizing where we are as a state of the of the nation and um just where we are today i feel like um that might have sent us in the wrong direction in a lot of ways because we clearly there are folks that just cannot have these hard conversations and um, I'm wondering if and and wondering and I, I would even portend I would say that to me one of the reasons that we can't have these hard conversations is because folks just weren't having them they they didn't grow up having them it, you know when you get around the dinner table everybody's got those those stories where the you know you're at Thanksgiving and the uncle or the aunt or somebody who has a very different political view or a religious view of everybody else you know things happen around Thanksgiving because people get together but in the normal day to day. It's kind of, you know, it had been frowned upon. And I kind of wonder if that didn't just send us in the wrong direction. What do you, what do you guys think? What, what do you think of my, my theory? It, it's an interesting theory. So as you're talking about it, I'm like, the one thing that pops on my head is like the whole Clark Griswold Christmas episode. We're all sitting around the turkey and they're like clanking their dishes and they're not saying anything because, you know, they all want to talk about something intense or whatever during that period of time. And, that, you know, is one of those things that a lot of people get really, uh, even myself, I get wicked um, gun shy on wanting to like raise those topics around people I don't have like a, a good solid foundation with. I mean, sometimes it's one of those places I just kind of dodge. So so to that end, let me ask, what do you think it is that makes you gun shy? Is it a you're afraid to you know have have a big blow up happen you're afraid to make somebody mad you're afraid that somebody won't like you you're afraid that you won't know the right things to say like what what do you what do you think it, it is like what's what's the the piece of that that you think makes it difficult yeah it gets to a place for me where i i'm at a crossroads where i either have i err on the caution side of too much respect and not wanting to offend somebody with whatever my views are or lack of views are about a certain topic whether it's political money or religion or i do the opposite and i interject and i basically barnstorm the the conversation Mm -hmm. and don't make anybody feel welcome or able to voice their deeper opinion because i'm so passionate about that one issue and and right. so i i cut myself off and it's like when you do that you 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 shut down any opportunity i think for you know further conversation yeah it's a great point i'm going to pick on you just a little bit more because i i think what you're saying is something that i i definitely am connecting with and and really <clears throat> excuse me empathizing with but um you mentioned the word offend and then like it seems like that's the that's our only two options. We either just come out and blow up and say this is the way it is, or we we just sit back and we don't want to offend anybody by our views. But it's interesting that there's this idea that our views would offend somebody, and of course, in today's uh, what you might say cancel culture, why would that like it's it's such an interesting topic to or not topic, but it's an interesting idea to me that my view on something would offend somebody because why would it offend you? It's my view. Um, unless it was something really inappropriate or something really, really bad, like, you know, um, whatever, put, and put, you know, put fill in the blank there. Um, but like, you know, if, if, like, if I, my view was that this is my favorite beer, like, why would that offend anybody? Or if your view was, I mean, I guess, you know, you could play it out if your view was, 
hey, uh, you know, slavery played no impact in the Civil War. Like, I, I could see Ooh, that kind slavery. of. Let's not go deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could see that be that being offensive. But like, um, tell me a little bit more about like the that that idea of offending somebody with your view. Well, like offending somebody, I, I don't like to be offended. And I, I, I subscribe sort of to the culture that, you know, you know, roll up your sleeves and do your best and not um, cause too many waves. It's kind of ingrained in me and, you know, kind of how my family unit operated. Um, so conversations were not always talked about when they were heated. So I took that into where I worked in my workplace or in, you know, my social circles. And so I tried playing both sides of the fence. I remember early on in my twenties being a cocky, you know, SOB and thinking I knew everything and saying everything and saying things that I only had half truths on or half information on. And I would get myself caught into trouble all the time that I finally wised up that I said, okay, I'm just going to shut that filter off, shut that, you know, tap off. So it doesn't cause me more pain as my, um, friends and wife would say, or past the girlfriend at the time, you know, future wife um, would say, you know, I was good at sticking my foot in my mouth and um, I was able to easily swallow a, a size 13 with uh, very little effort. Um, so <laughs> I think, you know, I, I took that to heart after a while once it was drilled home. And in doing that, it made me, you know, a little bit more cautious about, you know, having those conversations. But you get older, though, and when you get older, you change. It changes, it, you know, the dynamic. And, you know, but I look at like Eric and I know Eric's passionate about it, but he comes in in a way that is different than how I take it. Yeah, it, it, this is one of those funny things, right? Like you talk about why are we why do we assume people are going to be offended? And I think some of it is because we see a lot of people acting offended a lot of the time. And I, I, I think, you know, we talk about the conversations being limited. Um from these personal topics, but it's not just those personal topics that are hard to talk about. And, and, and the real problem is, you know, part of the, uh, the instant offense and inflammation of a conversation happens because we live in a social network, socially networked society and something about putting a screen between people makes it so they no longer consider that there's an actual person on the other end of that conversation. Well, it neutralizes that, right? I mean, they become, they don't become a human. They just become a thing. Correct. It completely objectifies them. And it takes away any compassionate understanding that can be part of the conversation. And it's all about how that made me feel and that my reaction has to be heard now. Not my response, my reaction. And there's a difference between a response and a reaction. And the, and the reaction is one way because they don't have to worry about the other person's, you know, I've, I've, I've had a, um, a journey of me not making waves. And, you know, I had a kind of a similar, uh, you know, uh, culture growing up. I didn't make waves, didn't want to, you know, offend anybody, just kind of kept really quiet. Like, you know, when I was um, in college, I, they called me the stealth cadets because they would be like, oh yeah, Paul's here. Like, I didn't even realize it. You I weren't like a ninja? Keep <laughs> my quiet. <laughs> no, no. Uh, shh, don't tell anybody. Um but I remember there was a point where I started speaking up and I realized that, oh, yes, I can speak up. But B, that also means that I have to be ready for somebody else's return when they come back and tell me. So um, Fife was saying, Eric, that like in your house, the, this was a this was a legit like culture with, with you guys. Like, um, I feel like it was very much not a um, let's not make waves. Let's all kind of you know, uh, be quiet and let's keep uh, the kiddie pool nice and level. Yeah. Spill any water. <laughs> right. Right. So tell me what it was like, um, for, for, for you. Uh, so in my house, we weren't like that. Um, I felt like we had a lot of hard conversations. We invited people into our house to have hard conversations. I can remember having conversations where there were outright disagreements slash fights but the, the goal of the conversation was to get through the conversation and understand the sides. You know, my, like I remember having a lot of conversations with a lot of people, adults, kids, as a teenager, like my parents would have people over all the time and we would have fun, passionate conversations about how things should be, how things could be, how things were. Um, Star Trek, and, old, and, new, yeah, everything. <laughs> right. Well, you know, 
Whatever. I mean, some of those were passionate, silly conversations. Like you said, Star Trek versus Star Wars, right? Like, but some of them were real. Like, how do we do this church thing better? How do we raise, like, how do we raise our kids better? How do we, you know, what about this thing that's going on in our lives, in our town, in our church? Um, and I feel like we, we had a lot of conversations and I also feel like, um, even as a teenager, I was having hard conversations with my peers. I was having deep conversations with my peers. And and those conversations <clears throat> didn't leave me the room to not be honest, but they also didn't leave me the room to not be compassionate, right? And so if you're going to have hard conversations with teenagers who are trying to figure stuff out, as, even as a teenager, it doesn't matter what age you're at, if you're going to have hard conversations with people, that you want to see be successful, there has to be truth there. And that truth is not always comfortable. Unfortunately, you know, the reality is we want things to be convenient and easy, but real life, good life, abundant life isn't always easy. And the things we have to give up are not things we typically want to give up because they're not really good for us, but they feel good at the time. And so I remember having conversations where you know, somebody would be like, well, somebody told me my mom's going to hell and I would have to say. Mm. <laughs> Let's not start that one. Oh, but yeah, okay, I get it. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, that might be true. But that's not and very close desire. friends shooting off their mouth saying your mom is going to hell. But <laughs> as I raised my hand in the background. Um. But, but, you know, like, I felt like it was important that I be able to have the conversation through and not just roll over and give the easy answer for that, but go through while that's true. Now it's not defined forever. There's opportunity here and God, God's desire isn't that they go to hell. Right. You know, like that whole going through that whole conversation and, you know, by the end, she didn't want to kill me or the person that said it to her from what I can tell. So um, you but, kind of bring up an interesting point. Like I know Adam and well, Adam, not so much now, but uh, Eric, you're still very avid in youth and, and Adam was um, in previous churches, but how did you, I, I know Eric's always been pretty good about dealing with that. How did you deal with that Adam in your you know circles? Do you ever have those conversations, ever have any of those deep things, you know, where, a, you know, some teenager might've had a deep, you know, political belief or focus in certain area that, you know, was kind of offensive or taken by someone else. Yeah. And it killed them. <laughs> no, so, we don't, we don't speak of him anymore. <laughs> um, Hold on. Just mute him for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> moment, of, moment of silence, please. Just, or at least kidding. Stop recording. Just kidding. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it was, some of those conversations were, were deep meanings of life, but I'm not, uh, those were far and few between a lot of it was just day-to-day -day issues that were going on in, in teens lives that had an opportunity to sit down and just talk with and just chat about. But, uh, I, I, um, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, like, like, just this this whole topic because we're in such a a world where people don't want to engage in that stuff because there's a fear that there's a possibility that there there's a there's a an opening or possibility where there something can change and people don't want to change mm. a lot of times and so it's it's easier to not say anything from that standpoint, but it's also people don't want to get into those conversations because they don't want to see that there's a, there's potentially another side to things. And a lot of times when you're in, in mm. ingrained in your, yeah. whatever it may be, being ingrained in that really puts up a lot of walls and it takes uh. several, several years to pull that stuff down. And I mean, the generation in and of itself, people are so easily to be offended. I mean, just to so which generation, Adam? Yeah, that's a, there's generation. a lot of generations out there right now. Are you this, talking this about this generation old... Z? 
Z and Generation. Uh, I'm not even sure it's generational. I just think uh, there's it's just a, society a, today is just hey. I think there's a sect of people that have decided that anything that if that if I disagree with it, it offends me because it's wrong, and they've put truth in the wrong place. Perhaps I think I think I think a lot of people are revolting. They... Revolting. Sorry, Paul. But I wouldn't uh, say it's generational. Sorry, Adam. Uh, go ahead. A, a lot of people are revolting on. I agree. Cultural norms. Oh, sorry. That, <laughs> that, no, the, say that the Judeo-Christian attitude of I don't want to be oppressed anymore and to the point of uh, I want to be... Wait, is that a Judeo-Christian attitude? I just want to clarify. <laughs> I'm being oppressed. I'm being oppressed. No, I heard it was a, a French thing. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, British. British. No, it's and just... the, the, the Jewish have had some experience with that as well, man. Like... No, that's true. <laughs> Very no, no, true. But but people are at a point where it's now they just don't want to accept any sort of light. They're so it seems like society in and of itself has been so bound up and so like thrashed that people are just lashing out. And the way they lash out is if you're not for me, you're against me and leave me alone. I don't want to hear it. So. Yeah, so let's bring this down to one level here. Like, how is Adam dealing with that stuff? Because, like, I know you're like the fun-loving guy in in our family, and even just in general, you've always been like the guy that would always bring light to a situation, which is awesome, both in our family and in in our extended family, and even in our friends. But how do you like? We're in your small family circle. Do you like? Do you deal with that hard stuff? Do you have those conversations in the family, or are they just kind of like talked about and then dropped? No, they all follow me, so uh, we're good. <laughs> Heil! Oh, we won't go any further. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not no, even going I... there. Oh, my God. Dude, that's where you went, Eric? Come on, dude. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I was just... It, it sounded like that was the way it was going. It was like the my law or the highway. Anyway, and the highway's that way. <laughs> I no, think I, well, I know Heather, Heather and I try to do the best we can and bring them up in a in a with godly morals and godly instruction and a, and a, and a loving passion. Um, I don't, we don't really deal with a lot, lot of. So you don't have talks around the table about politics or any of that stuff. No, because, because or, or religion. My, <laughs> my wife and I are, are, are both of the same political view. So, 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 um, so you just, T- tell them what to think the girls like all right no, listen no, <laughs> we, no they make their own ideas they, they, and, and, and and we have I mean, we have conversations about certain things but but it's never i'm not i i'm trying to be a light in guiding my my daughters into the the direction that they should go and they need to also make their yeah. own decisions and i'm called to make that like i'm not called to force well, sometimes being a father, I have to force. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but, and, and that, that's a reality. And I would argue, you know, we do have those conversations around our table uh, in my family. We have politics, we have money, we have religion. Uh, probably every meal that we eat, right? One of those three comes up for some reason or another, right? And and you eat religion? <laughs> no, 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 not as a meal, but as part of the conversation in the meal. And and, and I would say, you know, funny thing is, you know. Adam's right. As parents, as fathers, we are called to raise our kids in the way that they should go. Now, with that being said, I try when we have these conversations with my kid to not my kids, not to just say, this is what we think. Right. My conversation is, here's what I think. And here's why I think it. And here's the reasons that I've made that decision. But and, you know, you know, for example, I mean, this year, Gracie got to vote for the first time. It's awesome. Right. Who did she vote for? in in the 2020 election she got you to have vote. to answer that i'm not <laughs> answering that. in the 2020 election yeah. for president <laughs> senator and all that stuff and it was really daunting for her yeah. Joe for, for her she looked at it and she was like i don't want so many to names. <laughs> right no she has no problem with that she does, but she doesn't want like she personally doesn't want to negatively impact somebody period yeah, right and she knows that her vote is going to make it easier or harder on some people, no matter which way she goes. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she looked at it and she's like, I just don't want to impact people. And I had to really drive home the fact that, you know, Gracie, I understand that it's uncomfortable. I understand that this is a decision that you have to make 
that we, that could directly or indirectly affect you and the people around you. But I also yeah. think that it's one of the things that one of the privileges, the rights that we have as Americans, that is super important to execute on. Yeah. So I need you to spend, you know, an hour or two researching the candidates and figuring out what you care about. You know, even it's wicked confusing, but yeah, even though it's wicked confusing, like you need to fix and, and the reality is, you know, Gracie, I'd love to tell you, you're going to find a candidate that believes everything you believe, but that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you need to pick the two or three things that you care the most about and prioritize them and mm-hmm. then look at the candidates and see how they line up. Yep. You know, and it was really funny, you know, cause she's like, you know, I'd love to vote for this person, but I can't even tell what they believe. All I see is a bunch of words on a page and I'm a reader and a literature person, but it feels like they're trying to like smoke and mirrors me as opposed to tell me what they actually think. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so struggle that I, and it's funny you say that because like Emma was same age, she's able to vote and she went through that same kind of um, process. And it was like, yeah, you can understand the, what they stand for and what they believe in, but it's, you're not going to understand the deep, understanding of who they are as a person because that's what how we relate to is as humans right so we try to understand how you know i understand how eric operates because i've had 25 years plus with you know a connection with him so i understand his quirks his idiosyncrasies and things of you know how he changes and how he's evolved but i have no idea who the candidate is and whether or not they've had a good track record because you you have to base it off what you kind of see um but it's really one of those things that you know trying to train or teach someone um, in that sense, I felt like my conversations in, in, in our household, we've done the opposite. We we don't try to influence our children. I mean, we obviously have biblical structure around, you know, conversation and it's open and, you know, it, it's providing them ways to make decisions about what paths they need to take and, you know, giving them the biblical side. But then at the same time, like, well, here, you know, you're going to have to make decisions based off of what your feeling is, where you're at, what you're doing what your scenario is and state of mind is at that time. But this is what biblically it is. You need to be able to weigh both of those. And the best thing you can do in that scenario is pray about it and move on. And that's where we kind of always leave the, the last line in the sand to say of stuff like that. But we never really try to like, I never tried to influence Emma in the decision-making process. You know, she sometimes, I don't know where she gets her thoughts or where she kind of generates most of its from social media and that like, so the people she follows kind of influence that area. So I think, you know, it was a very tough conversation, but it was a great conversation because we got into like the weeds. We talked about really the political side of stuff and the underbelly. And she had a desire to move further into understanding that political process because I didn't, when I was a teenager, I glazed over history in high school and, you know, it was never like, you know, hey, how does this whole system work? Yeah, voting is really, you know, because we're Gen X. Voting is like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, that's, you know, let's buck the system. Let's, you know, tell the world that we don't like them and, you know, move on. But then, you know, guess what? In 2020, Gen Xers are coming out in full droves, you know, voicing their opinion about, you know, how they like the, you know, how the landscape is and what they need to change. So I, I find it always interesting, you know, because obviously all of our kids are different. You know, how are you having those conversations, Paul, with, you know, Jonathan versus Adam with, you know, Isabel and Drew? Yeah, I. um, I've been taking a. uh, You know, it's funny, I I feel like I I didn't want to tell him what to think, but I I think he's in a lot of ways picked up our our thoughts and 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 um, and I, I I really tried in some areas um, to, to be more, uh, neutral and be like, Oh, what do you think? And there's still some value on either side, but like every now and then he could just tell, like, he reads me like a book. He just knows like, um, which way I lean. And, um, cause sometimes things are thrown and he's like, Oh, you must not like that, that thing. Um, so, so yeah, I, um, I so really tell hope... by your physical outburst. Is that exactly. What yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's like, Oh, that person came on the TV and you threw the remote again. There must be a, something. <laughs> That's not know, reading, Paul. That's just awareness. Completely <laughs> coincidental. Yeah. He better be aware. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Duck. Um, <laughs> he but, sits right next to dad on the couch. <laughs> seriously. But, and, and actually it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I, um, I wanted him to sit and watch the election coverage for a bit 
um, you know, Tuesday night. And then of course it went a couple of days and just kind of, you know, poking, you know, here and there and, uh, you know, watching the, the people, the pundits kind of go back and forth and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that he's actually, he is spades far and away better this, the hard conversations than I am. Um, because his, his emotions don't get in the way as much as mine do. Like he is very much like my wife where they, they can think under pressure. I, it's very hard for me. I have to suppress the feelings. Um, but, and, and sometimes it just clouds my judgment and I just sit there mouth agape going, okay, like you have to be a person, you have to be a civil human being, um, here, even though you don't want to be, (laughs) um, but, and then eventually my head, you know, things, uh, the the cloud passes and I'm able to like have a you know a decent conversation, um, but he's like I said he's 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 much he's much better than that than I am. So, well, and and I would also say you know Paul I I think you sell yourself a little short on this because I've had hard conversations with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some we've had some where they were not you know some of them were hey I'm broken I need your support but some of them were like hey Eric you pissed me off can we take care of this please you know and, and um, I think one of the things that is is really important uh, to that conversation is our ability to initiate it for whatever reason and to still be compassionate, even in our frustration, to still be seeking, you know, when we had when we've had hard, hard conversations, it's been like, I don't really know why I responded that way, Eric, or maybe I do know why I responded that way. So stop being a jerk or, you know, like, but in the end, the desire of the conversation, and this is really the core of all of those conversations, the desire of the conversation, when you have a hard conversation and it's not just to win, the desire of the conversation is to come to a mutual understanding and reconcile a relationship or maintain and grow a relationship. Like maybe you didn't have any breakage, but you want to understand where somebody's coming from. And so like, I think Eric talked about this, like, but, but really like when we, ha- when we're having these conversations, like it's so important um, that, you know, that we have two ears and one mouth in the conversation, you know? And, and the analogy there is, we should be listening, and I, we talked about this in, in the, one of our hard conversation topics before, but, you know, when we're having this conversation, we have to be careful that it's not just about convincing somebody that what we're saying is right. Right. You yeah. know, and, and, and yeah, and, and even with our kids, like, the reason I focus on the whys of the decision-making process is because I fully expect that my kids are going to have different opinions than me. But like you said, they do pick up on our opinions right now. You know, Grace is 19. She's about to leave the nest. She's going to move to Chicago. She's going to have different things that she prioritizes from a political perspective as she gets into her ministry, as she goes through school, than I have right now as a 45-year-old man, father of four, living in Nashua, New Hampshire. You know, but she still has to go through the decision-making process of figuring out what those things are that are important to her and making decisions on how she picks people for that. So come back to the political conversation. My desire is not to brainwash her. My desire is to teach her how to make good decisions because the reality is she's going to be doing that for the rest of her life. When I have a hard conversation with Eric or Adam or Paul or somebody at work, Sometimes it's because I need somebody to do something different than they're doing it. But most of the time, it's just so that I can understand why they're doing what they're doing. Because it's still, it may be a better idea than what I have anyway, right? But I won't know that until I have the conversation. And once I know what, what people are trying to do, I can figure out how I can partner with that or what we need to do to change it. You so know? Here's, a, here's a question for you guys. In, in that scope, and Eric, I like the train of thought you're on, is that one of the things that I keep coming back to in my head is like, okay, we've all had at some level in the past six months to a year, at least one hard conversation have, when we left that conversation, did we feel like we, it came out in a positive fashion? Did it come to a place where like you heard the other person's feedback and, you know, passion and, you know, driving, you know, 
input from whatever they're you know kind of fighting for and were you able to accept it and either come to a common ground and see the other side or did you just basically shut them down and say in your consulting voice um i'm sorry sir that is not going to happen we're going in this direction you know and leave it at that and you guys experienced that at all or you know feel like you you know you kind of walked away from something like that recently yeah i I can tell you that in one of the conversations I had, I did walk away and I felt like I had a better understanding, but I also felt like I talked a little too much. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is that you have these conversations and you do your best and sometimes you get it right. And sometimes you don't. And so, um, yes, I have had hard conversations. Uh, and some of them I definitely feel better about than others. And some, and some, I do feel like, you know, I probably should have listened a little more and talked a little less. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. You know, um, what about Paul or Adam? Everything hunky dory in your households, no problems. Yeah, frozen. no, I, 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 I agree. I, boy, it's hard. It's so hard to just shut up and let the other person talk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just like you, you know, you're you say something and then they say something, and your brain's like, yeah, but, and you're like, nope. And then sometimes, especially for me, I'm I'm concerned I'm going to forget what I wanted to say, which I always, you know, at the end of the day, like we all think it's a gem, like we all think it's a gem, right? We all think I this is good. I'm I need to say this, right? Like <laughs> let's just be honest for a second. But what I need to, what I've learned, not not learned at all. What I'm learning, <laughs> present tense, yes. is that I just need to listen. I just need to t- put it aside and be like. Look, if that's important, it'll come up later. Let me drill into this and see what's going on here. And I'll tell you what, um, I I started to see this with just my interactions with my son, with with Jonathan, um, because I started to interact with him with the goal not I'm going to teach him this and hit him over the head with a baseball bat, figuratively and and metaphorically and literally not physically um but also like my goal here i i want to i i need it so that the goal is a relationship eric exactly like you like you said the goals are really going going the goals are relationship and when i do that and i think i need to respect him he's a you know trending young adult from an age perspective um i and i need to respect that i need to you know deal with him interact with him like I would, you know, in some ways, some, some peers perhaps. So when there's been a few times that I've had the opportunity for that and it has gone so well, but it's so hard because the emotions come out. I want to talk. I think I have all these great ideas and things to say, and it just doesn't, it just, it, it just, it just never goes well. I just, you know, you end up going, you know, we end up almost like yelling and I'm like, that didn't go well at all. Like that wasn't, that's that's not the goal there yeah how about you adam um i mean you've got to have had some hard conversations with elizabeth uh, with isabel now i mean sorry (laughs) my wife paul (laughs) (laughs) well Well, i mean she's getting i think you and i need to have a hard conversation I mean, Isabel's getting into teenage years, guaranteed. Yeah, and she's so- yeah. She, I mean, she's still into the the her own thing. She's not really. She hasn't really do- dove into like real world situations a lot. She's still kind of at that at that level where she's just does her own thing. She, I mean, she has an understanding, but uh, but not really. J- not really at a point where it's like really affecting her at this at this stage in her life like i don't want to say she's she's not sheltered but she's still kind of doing her own thing finding her own own likes and her own own things that she finds just her own interests but not really at a point where hey let's talk about the political scene of the world or hey let's let's i i feel this this and this and you know so and and well, Drew's a bull in a china shop. So, <laughs> so, and and it's interesting to see because like Drew, Drew has Drew can express a lot of feelings, but she doesn't. She she doesn't like awkwardness, and she doesn't like 
um, she doesn't like confrontation or, or whatnot. So she kind of shies away from that. And that's kind of a maturity thing. Isabel will have the conversations if you spark them up, but she's not at this point one to like bring up. I mean, we've, we've had some conversations in the car about, about uh, just a, things like politics and what's going on in the world and thing and, and stuff like that, but nothing to the, and she's, she's been able to t- express some of her feelings to it and, and, just her own personal opinions to it, but nothing that's been like deeper down that, that road yet. And there's still a maturity point in, in their lives too, that, that they'll, they'll get to that, that stage. But, but you haven't confronted her on any of her anime stuff and told her that, you know, it's crap or, you know, this, this series is a bunch of bunk and, you know, has she been vocal or any of that? Like, you know, she gone to like, you know, no, they, I mean, there's stuff, there's stuff that I've watched with her, the stuff that I've watched with her that I'm like, oh, great, now I'm sucked in. <laughs> I'm watching oh, this. Okay. But there, there's other stuff that like, yeah, this just, I'm sorry, I can't watch this. It's just, I have no interest in, in the in the crying sheep dog that runs around the neighborhood. <laughs> but it's, it's funny, because like you say that, it's like, I did that with Emma early on when she was into the kind of anime, and I was like, I... I kind of challenged her like, okay, why do you like this? Like, it makes no sense. Like, why do, like your example, like, why do I want to watch a stupid sheepdog run around complaining and crying, you know, in whatever scenario they are. And, and, and listen, everyone... man, listen, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to detain her from going to Japan so I can go to Akihabara and get all these cool <laughs> arcade games. No, it's, all it's right. Per, it's <laughs> no, personal, I'm right. right. Exactly. I'm just kidding. It's personal motivation. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> You're only going to Japan if you actually get no, me a passport and buy me a first class ticket. I have ticket. a passport. <laughs> okay. Well, then you need a first class yeah. ticket then. <laughs> That's why he doesn't need a real ID. Remember that conversation? Right. Uh, well, most of our listeners probably don't. So at this point, <laughs> we have a whole lot of backfill to include in the conversation. So, okay. No, right, but she's, she's open to those conversations and those discussions. And she'll have them. What about other conversations outside of your kids, Adam? hard conversations like what is, yeah what are you finding in those hard conversations that is the right way to do it versus the wrong like where yeah, are you going I, it, where yep. are you seeing and that so, hard so i i have learned in in my tenure of life that I, I can't have those hard conversations unless i found a commonality with that person or or been able to build a a bridging relationship um i find when i try to have the conversations with with people who i don't have that connection with usually doesn't go well (laughs) but but if there is that commonality there and and that and i find it a lot where i just come i find a lot i find a lot of that happens when i just love on that person and just come to that person and build a relationship, not because I'm looking for anything, but just because I find interest in what that person's doing. And, and sometimes that really comes down to putting, putting yourself away and, and <clears throat> from the standpoint of like, yeah, it may not interest you, but if you, you push through it to really like, Hey, no, this person has value in this and being able to just be around that person and and res- respect them and really like want to know what they have to say goes a long way when it comes to the, comes to those points of difficult conversations or or potential clashes you know so but, like on a dating scale when you have like a, a, a new connection with someone do you find you're never like crossing lines in terms of well, first of all if i'm dating someone then i'm in trouble <laughs> i was gonna say it's, <laughs> hey eric it's been like 20 years since any of us has dated anybody and we like shouldn't be dating wives. anybody I, i'm trying to give <laughs> you like that whole, i'm trying to give that whole frame of reference for people when they're understanding dating realm so like in the dating realm you, you the first level is like introductions and just general like convo and you know hey how is the weather and you know my favorite color is blue you know, do you find like you don't get into those stages until like lot farther down the line? No, not for for me. It's I'll go up to anybody and just strike a conversation. So I don't have that that problem. 
of of breaking the ice and right and but where do you go like like when you get to that like if that person goes hey i'm gonna go right into the political realm and talk about the the, the <laughs> three I like garbage <laughs> off. okay that's are, great are, are, are <laughs> you turned really... off and shut down or you do no, you just not at all i because uh, honestly if i can't respect if i can't respect the person that i'm talking to then th- then there's no hope for if I can't respect the person, regardless of what they believe or think or are doing at the moment, and and I want to preface that, I, it, it, uh, there's a difference between respect and there's a difference between uh, just blind allowing people to do awful things. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to respect you for going going over there and punching someone in the face. It'd be funny, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but it wouldn't be a situation. Uh, there's a balance there because because there's there's points where you and again i'm not speaking from that point obviously you should speak speak up for any sort of injustice or whatnot that's happening but but if i can't if i if i can't come into a conversation and have that respect that that person is unique that that person's an individual that that person was god created regardless of whether that person has a relationship with god or not then there's really there's it's going to be a hard road to kind of kind of impress upon that person good values. Do you find like you still stay stick with it or do you just kind of like let the I've had I have I've had I have I've had relationships where it's taken me years to actually get break through the ice to actually start talking about some some important life life operations whether it's religion or relationship or yeah, it's it is a long haul. Yeah, so you you play the 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 end game. You don't. You, you yeah, don't, you I, don't. I'm not one that jumps unless the person actually like. Ha- and there, are, I'm not. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and so I get it. It's <laughs> it's, oh, I thought you were, I thought drink coffee, but anyway, what, Eric? <laughs> your mind tall and skinny. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yes, that's for another podcast. <laughs> your flavors of tea related to Adam. Um, <laughs> so oh Paul, you, how I mean, you're a pretty passionate guy. I mean, you do this, oh, you similarly, so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> Paul. Do you find you do the same thing uh, in your relationships, or are you, like because I know you've been vocal about like certain things, like when someone's really passionate back at you, you're like, well, screw you and the horse you rode in on, and you know, <laughs> yeah. we've talked about my. Um, trigger words like for not yes. for anybody else but like for me falafel. <laughs> yeah like, oh really oh I, I can't believe you know what shut it off shut off the recording i'm, I'm, I'm on my done. way um, good then, we can play games so, so good we can play games seriously um my some of mine were like you know what like nothing comes good out of my mouth after that if i if i go if you hear me say in that tone you know what then like it's the, the conversation's over uh, it's not going to be, you know what? I love you with all my heart. Like that's not what's going to come. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I think, yeah, it's, boy, it's taken me a long time. And um, I think I would agree. I mean, I, I think even in my, my Christian walk, uh, it, you know, um, I think this is probably similar to, you know, meeting somebody and thinking, oh, this person doesn't yet know Jesus. I need to tell them about Jesus. I very much take the long game approach there as well. Like, I don't feel like I need to be, you know, oh, you don't know Jesus? Well, hey, hang on. Here's a track that I have on me that tells you about uh, hell You're and how awful it is. It's it's kind <laughs> of warm. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's so far from, I think, where, what God would have us do. Um, it's, a, it's about relationship. It's about, um, like you said, Adam, loving on that person. So to me, and, and the, you know, what better way than just to listen and just to hear them, um, to just hear them, hear them talk. And, and, you know, you can tell whether or not they want, they, they, they just want to get it out or whether they actually want some input. You know, if they just kind of can, like, you know, when I'm on a call with a client and it's clear to me that they just want to talk to hear themselves talk, I'll just let them talk and I'll be like, all right, you know, um, go ahead. You, you have an idea here. And, and, you know, if, if they're all on the right track or, you know, may, I might quibble here and there, but if they're, if they something say something 
that's completely wrong at the top, I might let them go for a bit. But when they pause, I'll go, you know what? I want to go back to this piece here. Um, you're insane. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Point A. Yeah. And as yeah, they walk him all, off the video. You're call, crazy. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I pretend like people are holding me back on the video call for some reason. Like, oh, yeah, I'm coming. Um, coming through. The yeah. But, but I think session. it. Yeah, it would it would take me a long. I mean, I I kind of feel like that's a New England thing. Uh, maybe maybe it's not for you guys, but it's a. It's, it's, a, it's, it's not for New England. It's going so to take one. me. Well, you know, then we can see if he's if he's like that too. But like, we're just we're in it for a while. We got to get to know people. Um, it takes us a long time, and I'm certainly not going to lead with a hard conversation. Like you know, for having right. a conversation, I'm not going to. Hey, hey, my name is Paul, and oh by the way, let me tell you why your view stinks. You know. But um, I, I think you know you, you between you guys, you three, you're pretty you know strong football, passionate football guys. I am not. Um, baseball is my big you know area. I, I think a lot of times you guys do lead with football, but you know football can very much turn on a dime very quickly, especially if you're not a Patriots fan in New England and you know you're uh, a strong Broncos lover and you know you die to you, you know, talking about last day, Mr. Romanek. Um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it, it too can spark. I mean, it's not the, 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 the dirty three that we've been talking about, but it's still a passionate, you know, driver for conversation. But the funny thing with football and even sports in general, like do you guys see this, you can walk away from that conversation. And you haven't like lost a friend and have an enemy for life. Yeah. But again, that's, that's different than something yeah. that's going to be. Uh, and I think uh, some people pertinent. can, yeah. Right? I, like some yeah. people, absolutely. I wouldn't say it's us. I, I feel like we have, we, you know, uh, there's priorities there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that some people cer- certainly could. Well, but um, it, it, I would argue that even though we're passionate, we have good senses of humor. Sure. And, and I think that goes a long way in a hard conversation. And that's not just a football thing, right? Like, I can tell you that my team sucks right now, and. I, it wouldn't be that like, far off the truth, but anyway. <laughs> and it wouldn't, right. And I can also tell you that the Pats aren't very good right now, right? And like that was part you. of the conversation we had earlier, right? <laughs> because like, we're right, in yeah. a different time. Well, welcome to my basement, guys. I've been here for five years. You can <laughs> make a place in the corner. We're, we'll be happy <laughs> I, again. I, I, I don't I don't like it here. <laughs> I, I want to move. It's cold and dark. You have to play Madden again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, but, but you know, it's yeah. funny. Like I... I don't go looking for hard conversations, but part of my job as a youth pastor, part of my job as a vice president of sales, part of my job as a dad is to have hard conversations when they need to be there. And often I think, and and, and I, I think this comes back to this. Every time I start a hard conversation, there's this. I don't really want to have this because I know it's not going to be comfortable, but I know it's going to be better once it's done. Right. And so I can remember a couple of times where Heather and I were having a conversation, like we'd go to bed and it'd be like, it would have been a long day and we weren't going to agree on something. And Heather would say something. And I knew I had to say something um, that didn't agree with her. That was going to start a longer conversation, but I also knew that I couldn't leave it. Right. And so, you know, sometimes you have to have those conversations. I don't look for them, but I also don't look to avoid them because I know that there's a value in those conversations. And that's true. You know, I'm one of the first people to talk about politics in conversations with people. I I talk about finances a lot because I found a lot of freedom in that. You know, obviously, religion is something I also talk about a lot. In the end, though, my goal is not just to spout my ideas, but to understand where people are coming from. And I think that's really that has to be the goal of any hard conversation for it to be fruitful and not just a fight. You know, and 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 so and I think we've all said that I think that's not a bad way to round that out. Right. So. um, But, yeah, it's it's good. These are good things. These conversations. Yeah, I mean, we. We get huge into details, but yeah, it's kind of funny because like I always looked, I am not like, I mean, I'm a very much singular sports guy. So baseball is my thing. 
and so why I brought it in the football aspect, you guys are very big football guys, very, you know, fanatics almost to some level for your teams and, you know, for the sport in general, and you understand the stats. And I kind of like just, you know, when you have conversations, I just glaze over and check out and go to my own little, you know, happy place. Um, but it's funny, like when that's all done and you've done all of your like, you know, throw in, you know, this comment and, you know, whatever, but you all walk away from it and it's like, you know, hey, we're all the same when we, you know, before we went in and when we left that, you know, there's no difference in terms of our relationship and I don't you know dislike you. But when you talk about the big three, my gosh, it's like you, you talk to that and you put that in your circles with us and with our friends and beyond that my gosh, you can destroy families very quickly with that type of stuff. And it's just so mind boggling for me to grasp and to understand that, like how something that's just a topic and it's like, it can be passionate, but it's very driving for people and very, you know, um, moving and motivating and, and, and negative and positive in some cases that I just, you know, I, I can't understand. It's like how good it it's, it's because those those kind of topics come down to the point where it could affect your life. True. Football can affect your life, though. Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, it affects your Sunday afternoon. But, I mean, if your team loses, your life isn't over. True, but there are if people... If I manage my finances it. poorly, my entire family's life could be over. Gr- granted, right? fan- finances are the only thing, I think, in this case that could be very detrimental to you and the people around you. But religion, you know, some case can be detrimental. Yeah. Politics can affect you. It does. But it doesn't affect you, like, on a day-to-day basis a lot. Bumblebee tuna! That's such yeah. an interesting comment. I can't believe it's taken us that long, this long to get to the... Why, why these three topics are so... Taboo. Taboo. Like, what is it? <clears throat> and maybe the, is there? Let me ask this question, um, and, and we'll close here in just a, in just a moment. Is do we think perhaps that they're because they're so they're almost too abstract? It's almost too ingrained in us. Um, and maybe some some maybe that, and there might be a piece of where you might feel, uh, you know, um, maybe there's assumptions. Like, you know, it's kind of like, and this this honestly, this this probably most of all spurred on this whole conversation. You know, when Eric and I were talking about, um, you know, one of the early conversations him and I had, and he would, I said my opinion, and I was Eric was like, that's BS, and I was like, how can my opinion? And I was so offended because i didn't i didn't understand that like i'm i so wasn't right really into conflict and we just didn't want to make wave and i was like i just we didn't talk like that i just i didn't really even understand like for me it was big enough even to have an opinion and to voice it and then get shut down i was like like the whole thing was so it was so interesting so i say all that because uh where did my train of thought go um think about well because i realized that these three these three topics are things that we make assumptions with. Like, so I made an assumption when I grew up that nobody talks about any of this stuff ever. Then I met a Romanek and they, they talk about this, like broke all three <laughs> all the time. Like this is a day to day, like, Hey guys, it's Monday. What do you want to talk about today? That, you know, what our conversation do we want to have today? And I think so in the same way, I think religion, money, politics, these are things that we grow up with, not really seeing the other side. Like we just grow up thinking it's, Hey, the sky's blue because we're, we're, we're over here and this is, and we're just used to it. And then we meet another family and this, uh, they're like, Oh yeah, our sky has been a different color this whole time. And you can't even fathom that it would be a different color. So um, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that or, or, or that or other reasons that it could be that, um, you know, those are such uh, touchy subjects. Go ahead, Eric. I think one of the reasons these are touchy subjects is because we, we by our very nature want there to be a right answer, mm. right? Yeah. And I don't think that yeah, these subjects. I think there. I think in the religion side, I would say there is a right answer, right? But on the other sides, I feel like there's multiple right answers. And even on the religion side, like we yeah. want it to be our, our yeah. doctrine, our belief system, our mm-hmm. blah blah blah, but there's facets to that. And so like when you talk about Christianity, like there's Catholicism, there's Protestantism under the Protestantism. There's like a hundred different denominations, you know, there's, Mm. or like, and those are not necessarily wrong. Right. And so, you know, I, I think the problem is we want in, 
in our world, we want what we're doing to be the right way. Yeah. Yeah. We want absolutes. Right. And except we only sort of want absolutes. We want everybody to follow our absolute. True. Right. (laughs) But that's a caveat, right? That's a little, you know, right. Right. Zinger. And, 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 just because there's multiple right ways not doesn't mean that every way is the right way. Right? right. So like when we talk about government, there's very strong opinions about how that should go, you know, mm-hmm. on all sides. Mm-hmm. And, and just because I feel like there is a, a, a better way to do it, that doesn't mean it's going to execute the way that I think it's supposed to. And, you know, we yeah. talk about these, when we talk about politics, we talk about the ideals of something we very rarely talk about what it actually looks like. <laughs> yeah, the nuts and bolts of it. Yep. Right. Um, so I, I think those are some of the reasons these are so challenging is with, when you have multiple rights, it's easy to say, well, my way works. Well, yeah, your way works and so does his way and so does his way right. and so does her way and so does their way, you know, yeah. and their way didn't work. So we probably shouldn't do that one. Right, exactly. Right. right. That caught fire and you know, it's done, right? Let's not go that route. Yeah, they were yeah. Yeah. You know, were, and, uh, and, and I yeah. think I think that's the problem. I think and this is the problem with a lot of hard conversations is unless they're anchored in some truth, and unless the drive is for that truth, oh then we will constantly be going back and forth. And we have to recognize that. There's not just some, for some of these things, there's not just one way to do it. You know, when you're talking about political parties, there's not just one way to do it, you know? So, I I mean, I think that's part of it. And I think Adam hit that on the nose too. Like if somebody else is right, then we need, then we would need to change to be right. 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 And that's uncomfortable and requires work. And not just short-term work, but like habit-forming lifestyle type of work, which is never easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, it what it brings to mind one of the um, a, a, a something on the on the internet I saw during this this most recent election where these these guys from different parties, I forget whether it was a a senator, a senate race, or what have you, actually recorded an ad together. Do you guys see this? So yeah, the Republican and the, and the Democrat, like, had an ad where they were like, "Hi, I'm you know Democrat X," and he was like, "I am Republican Y," and you know, I'm running for you know we're running for Senate, and we're both you know whatever they said, good guy, but they said, hey, we just have different ways that we want to accomplish the same goal, which is to make our state better. And so I really, you know, I, that just brings to mind of you know, maybe we taking a page there. So I, as we, as we close up as well, any other, uh, other last, uh, thoughts or parting shots or, um, or what have you before we, uh, close for, for today? Yeah. I think the takeaway for me is making a conscious effort to understand and seek out people that maybe are different from you just to understand how your your understanding is so it's kind of like a checks and balances but it's not in a way to say you know you're more right than they are it's about understanding those people that are different from you and like adam said in in how he just seeks people out and he just has conversation with people that is in essence the same example i mean he's just going out and in generalizations just engaging people and getting them to open up whether or not they're going to be very like forthright and like barnstorming and give you all of the you know nine points and sub points of their entire political religion and financial belief system it may or may not happen but i think it's important to uh, for us you know like paul you had said and i think we had talked about in other episodes that we got two ears and one mouth let's use the two ears more than we use the one mouth and try to understand people more and i think that that climate can help improve our overall situation and tolerance and understanding of people that aren't like us, because there's an importance to understand that, you know, even though us four get together every week and we have conversation, we share a lot of commonality, but there are people out there that we don't, that may or may not, you know, be very much 
defiant against what we're talking about and like what the heck you guys is a bunch of crap and blah 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 and this and that um but i think you know those people are just as valuable and important to us you know to understand how Mm. we as humans in general and just you know how we operate and function you know day to day and on this planet you know because it's important i i think it's important it's tough for me i don't do it a lot and i you know i i'm trying to challenge myself to do it more agreed yeah and and just look um look at the four of us have had not exact upgrade bringings but fairly similar and, and look at us we have you know we you know um have some pretty wide ranging views and just think of folks from other cultures that have grown you know in different uh cultures or countries or uh ethnic backgrounds or what have you like how how different would they be and yeah i think we we indeed need to surround ourselves with uh folks from other other backgrounds so um so let me let, let me uh turn this to you elicitor how were you brought up uh did you talk about politics or religion or money in your house or were they the big no-nos um how are you with conflict let us know um so i hope our conversation was helpful um in this you know today's atmosphere of uh, black and white or you know more to the point honestly red and blue uh, hopefully we've shown that it's indeed possible to have these hard conversations because, you know, as I've told these guys before, you know, if we, the, the four of us can't have these hard conversations, uh, guys who have known each other for 20 plus years, then then who can? So thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We, we, we're so ha- grateful and, and happy to have you. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers podcast. Where we talk about faith, fatherhood and other F words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four, fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.